Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hey friends, I want to tell you what makes marriage work and what doesn't. The topic for today is taking responsibility for your mistakes. I'm going to tell you why it's so important for a successful marriage and a happy one too. Here's the thing. When we have problems, when we have things come up in our relationship, we get into some conflict and, you know, let's face it, maybe even some fights from time to time. And one key factor that can come out of a lot of people's fights is defensiveness. Defensiveness is a factor in a relationship, especially when we're communicating and we're in the midst of a disagreement that we need to pay attention to in our relationships. It is considered one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse of your relationship. There are four key factors and dynamics that leave a relationship heading for divorce, and one of them is defensiveness, according to Dr. John Gottman. And so there are a few antidotes to um, those four horsemen, and there's an antidote to defensiveness. But first, let me give you a picture and an idea of how this might play out in our regular relationships. So for example, you have a couple hanging out and all of a sudden the husband comes in and he says, hey, you know, I'm leaving tonight for the fishing trip. The guys and I are going fishing. I'm leaving later tonight. And the wife says, but you know, my girlfriends are coming and staying with us on Friday. I need help cleaning the house tonight. We already talked about this. How could you forget? Can't you leave in the morning? And he says, how could you forget about my guy's trip? I can't change our departure schedule. We're leaving in a few hours. She gets upset. Her anger boils. She leaves the room, storms out. He feels overwhelmed, pours himself a drink, turns on the football game. After a few minutes of cooling down, she comes back in the room, tries to talk, and he's completely stonewalling her at this point. He's not listening, and she begins to cry. And he gets up and says, you know what, I need to work on my truck, leaves the room. So there's a lot of things happening in this argument. There's lots of accusations. It makes it really difficult to determine who's at fault, what's what's the underlying cause, but what's clear is there's an unwillingness to hear each other. And there's some defensiveness in there. there. Um, defensiveness can look like a few different things. It can look like blaming the other person. You kind of throw another accusation back. And they did that in the beginning when she said, how could you forget about my girlfriend's coming to the house? He said, well, how could you forget about my guy's trip? And so defensiveness is very quick to jump back to those moments when you know, in an attempt to defend, you jump back and you quickly hurl out another accusation so that it buffers against uh, the blame being pointed in your direction. Another way defensive can look like uh, defensiveness can look like uh, sort of a victim mentality of, oh, um, of course, you're never here to help me. I always have to help you. You never think about me. And so putting yourself in that victim role can also be a form of defensiveness that a lot of people forget about. And 
it's really important to pay attention to that because there's very different ways we can go about having these conversations. It's sort of natural. We have this defense mechanism come out. Um, it's not because you're a bad person, uh, but when we're arguing, when they're in the midst of a disagreement, it's just sort of natural because we feel like something is pushing up against us. We feel like there's a judgment happening about our character or about uh, whatever the situation is, maybe a a comment about whether or not you're a good spouse or not, or good in the re- a good parent and good in the relationship. And so you feel like there's some type of attack. And the reality is this is really is not the case. Um, what's really under the surface is a lot of times there's always a deeper meaning to what people are sharing when they share it. And the trick is how do we get to what that underlying meaning is so that we can be more willing to hear what our beloved has to say. And the number one antidote to defensiveness is taking responsibility. So if you want to eradicate defensiveness and get rid of that one horseman of the apocalypse out of your relationship, you have to be willing to stand up and take responsibility in a situation, even if you feel like it's not your fault, even if you feel like there's um, no one to blame but your beloved, there is has to be somewhere along the way where you can take some responsibility. So in that example I gave earlier, both partners could have at any point said, you know what, you're right. I did forget, you know, I was also really hoping that you could help me uh, with the dishes. Maybe we could have done it the night before or something, something like that. Or can we work together for an hour right now before you have to leave? Um, Or he could have said, you're right, I'm sorry, I can't believe I let all this time go by. Now I'm going to have to leave soon and we didn't clean up. You know, I really apologize. So each of them could have taken responsibility in that moment. And that's a great way to mitigate and diffuse an argument so that you two can get back to the solution and finding, get back to finding a solution to the situation instead of becoming mad at each other and creating more negativity in the relationship. So taking responsibility, what does it sound like? I'll give another example. So a defensive remark would sound like, it's not my fault that we're going to be late. It's your fault since you always get dressed at the last second. Whereas a taking responsibility in that situation would sound like, I don't like being late, but you're right. We don't always have to leave so early. I can be a little more flexible. And so what are those areas in a relationship where you can slow it down and take responsibility for your role in the situation? So how do we do that? How do we take responsibility? Um, First, we need to pay attention because we know that our spouse is trying to express something that is really valuable to them and really important. So we want to find out what that value is And that will be the way that you can show your spouse love once you can tune into that. So first, you want to find out what they're really saying. And the way you do that is try to slow things down to some type of I statement. So with an I statement, you're stating a positive need, asking them not to criticize you. So instead of criticizing, you're stating what you need or how the experience was for you. You know, I'm really hurt that we're late after I've asked, you know, to be on time or express that desire to be on time. I'm really hurt that um, we're waiting to the last minute to clean up before my girlfriends are staying for the weekend. Uh, Whatever it may be, I feel like I'm not prioritized because, you know, I asked for help with the kids and it didn't happen. 
And so there really needs to be that slowed down moment where each of you has that opportunity to share what that experience is for you. And it's really important to keep the emotion in there. You say, you know, um, I feel hurt or I feel not prioritized as opposed to I feel like you're lazy and I feel like you're not listening to me. So avoiding that criticism piece and jumping to the heart of the matter of what the experience was like for you. And once you're expressing that, you take turns before you jump into counteracting and defending yourself again. Here's the trick. You got to echo back what you heard your partner say when you're in that listener role, stating that back to them to their to make sure that you really got it right. Some uh, a lot of tricks that can happen too in um, therapy, if you're going to couples counseling or coaching or something like that is to write down what you hear your beloved saying. So as they're bringing up their statement and stating what their need, it's really helpful sometimes to write it down. That can help counteract some defensiveness because when you see that on the page, you hear you can hear the words verbatim for what they are, see them in front of you rather than hearing them through our filters. And then once you recognize, if you recognize that you've done something wrong, that's your opportunity to own it and apologize. So first step is finding out what they're really saying, but two, then owning it and apologizing. And like I said before, you know, you're right. I can see that when I got upset and stormed out of the room, it didn't give you an opportunity to try for us to come to a solution and figure out what to do about this. Um, and I can see how that really made you feel not prioritized or not heard. And I'm sorry for doing that. I'm sorry. And whenever you're ready, I ask for your forgiveness. And that's a tough one to ask for forgiveness. I think people forget that step a lot. Um, But especially in our faith, we want to be asking for that forgiveness, you know, whether you're practicing a faith or not, um, really making that step towards forgiving your beloved and making that act of heart, a a conversion of heart in a sense of saying, you know what, I am going to let this pass. I'm not going to, this isn't going to be something I'm going to hold over their head or, um, you know, pull that out of the mental file cabinet (laughs) 10 years down the road and bring up this incident. I truly am saying that there is forgiveness here and that we are reconciled and that we can move on. And so those two steps are really important to taking responsibility. Now, you might have a question in the back of your head. What if they don't do I statements and they just keep attacking? What if they just want to keep rolling? And what do you do about that? Try your best to pause the conversation. If you feel overwhelmed, if somebody's not willing to go in there and do those I statements, just tell them that you aren't ready to talk about it um, and that you need some time, you need a break. Um, Maybe they still keep going. You can uh, say, you know, I I really want to remove myself from this conversation. And what is important to keep in mind here is we don't want to approach taking responsibility as some type of coercive situation. We don't want it to be like, oh, you're not taking responsibility. I took mine and so now it's your turn to do yours because again now we're getting into the criticizing and blaming zone which can breed some defensiveness so if somebody doesn't feel like they're in a place or ready or you can just tell by your beloved's behaviors that they're really um, the mood is heightened they're really escalated and it's going to be really hard for them to slow it down and really do the exercise um, in a beneficial way you can always say, hey, I need a break. 
And even though you're thinking to yourself, they're the ones who need a break, um, but take yourself out of the situation so that it doesn't escalate if you can do that in a respectful and loving way. You can always remind, you can always ask for those rules of engagement, so to speak, to include I statements and mirroring each other and making sure you repeat back and hear what each other, what each other says or writing that down to make sure that you really understand the heart of the issue. You can also just say, um, in the middle of a heated discussion, you could say, I'm feeling a little defensive. Can you please reword your complaint so that I can understand what you're trying to say? That's a big one. Uh, it's hard to do in the moment when we're feeling attacked, but giving your beloved the benefit of the doubt and saying, okay, look, I can feel my heart rate rising. I feel the blood pressure going up. That's a sign I'm cluing into my body. That's a sign that I need to calm down. I can feel my defenses rising. So can you reword that for me? Uh, because I really and I really want to hear that underlying meaning and value. And I really want to know what you're trying to say. And then if you have to take that break, obviously reconvene in a time when you're both cooled down. Another question I get sometimes is what if someone won't accept my apology. So I say, I'm sorry, I take responsibility, I ask for their forgiveness, and I still get the silent treatment, or they walk away, or, you know, even more so, they say, you know, I don't forgive you. Um, How can I forgive you? You always do this. Something along those lines. Um, This is a really tough spot to be in. It's a painful spot to be in. And uh, I would say the first thing we have to do is continue to show love and trust that they will apologize in time. And sometimes when we are hurt and wounded very deeply, it's not so simple just to say, um, oh, will you please forgive me? Okay, yeah, no problem. Sometimes these wounds run really deep and it takes time for our hearts to mend and for the Lord to work on that and repair those situations. And so trusting that your spouse is working on that and getting to a place where they can genuinely forgive you and do it in a way that is helpful for both of you because the last thing you want is for someone to say I forgive you and then they're pulling out the file cabinet 10 years later and highlighting this example of something you did wrong and did defensively later down the road so we really want to give respect to our beloveds at times to really process to process it well and to get to that place where there is true reconciliation and healing in your relationship and giving them the ability to do that and trusting that they are doing that because you're both uh, pursuing the same end, which is having a happy and satisfying relationship. So uh, I know that's a tough pill to swallow. It doesn't mean you'll never be forgiven. And, you know, if you're the one who's struggling to forgive, I would urge you to try your best to come around to that um, as quickly as possible, not to use that as an opportunity to punish or leave someone feeling guilty for Uh, whatever it is that you felt that they had done to hurt you or to wrong you. So really making sure that you both are in agreement that you will be working towards that um, as quickly as possible. So those are a few steps for taking responsibility and combating one of those dangerous four horsemen in a relationship. Um, I'll have to do another episode on what the four horsemen are, but you'll just get that one little teaser for today. And now we'll get into our Q&A portion of the show. One of the questions I received 
uh, through social media. By the way, if you have a question that you'd like answered, please uh, message me either on Facebook or Instagram, and I'm happy to do my best to answer here in the podcast. Um, So message me there, and I love to get all the questions. One question I get a lot when I talk about doing I statements is kind of like, really, is this necessary? I mean, it seems a little uh, awkward and clunky and not natural at all. (laughs) And I would say in the beginning, yes, when you're learning how to communicate differently and in a more positive way and stating your needs, I have a tendency to be a little bit more strict with the I statements. I do think it's very important for you to rewire those parts of your brain of how to communicate. And it takes a lot of work and practice in the beginning, just like with anything else, whether you're learning how to play the piano, learning how to dribble and shoot a basketball, learning art, Um, even artists improve and build their skill over time. And so in the beginning, those things are really challenging. You go from banging a bunch of random keys to actually composing and playing a beautiful song that people can enjoy and listen to. You go from, you know, double dribbling the basketball to actually dribbling with one hand and making that layup or jump shot or whatever it is. And so The same is with our communication. In the beginning, it's going to be really clunky as you're learning how to rewire and um, re-communicate in a more positive way with one another and in a way that preserves uh, the strength of your bond and your connection. And so I would say, yes, really take that time to be diligent and you know, you can tease me, you can make fun of Regina all you want for making us do this I statement exercise, but really taking that time to follow the rubrics and saying, I feel blank when blank, I feel that emotion based on whatever situation just happened and fill that in and take that time to reflect it back to your partner to really understand and make sure you know what you're saying. And before you know it, the more that you can do that in practice, it's going to feel second nature, just like playing that instrument does just like playing basketball just like a painting or an artist situation it's all going to feel second nature but those things take practice and repetition over time to become good at it and so the same has to happen in your relationship so yes even though it may seem a little awkward at first I urge you and invite you to continue and keep at it even though it feels a a little unnatural before you know it it'll be so natural and you guys will be communication pros by the end of it and lastly for our mental health tip um well i'm gonna i'm gonna tie it into our owning responsibility in order to make your marriage work i think for the mental health tip whenever you're in the midst of a disagreement like this to try your best to not take things personally. A lot of times when we're in the midst of an argument, part of the reason why we become defensive is because we are assigning meaning to what that other person is saying. So we have to be able to pause and cool down and ask for a break and really um, think about uh, the us experiencing feeling overwhelmed and feeling flooded when those emotions just become too high and we can't take in the information. It's not because we're re- reacting to our beloved's words or our beloved's behavior. We are interpreting what's happening through a filter. And like I said before, we're assigning meaning. And so maybe there's a deeper underlying meaning happening for you, even in your reaction. We talk about people finding that deeper meaning in 
uh, what their beloved is saying, what's that underlying message or value, but we can react even based on an underlying meaning or value. So like I said before, maybe we think it's a criticism of, am I a good parent? Am I being a good enough spouse? And so sometimes you need to look inward and think about what um, the conflict or disagreement is and what that means to you. And sometimes we can uh, distort that information. I know, I know I've done it from time to time. So if we can take that step back and pause and say, I need a moment and trying to re- get back to that more uh, place where we can be rational instead of reactive and get to that place ask for that take that a few minutes to cool down usually 20 to 30 minutes is a good amount of time if we're feeling really overwhelmed and flooded but if we can at least pause even for five minutes 60 seconds and recollect our thoughts when we notice we're getting overwhelmed and try not to take that personally and saying what is that underlying meaning for me if I'm reacting in this way I'm attributing some type of meaning to it and so I would say for your mental health tip try to not take it personally take that break take that slow down so you can uh, approach it in a more calm way and I can't wait to hear what you guys think Uh, do with that information. Let me know uh, if you found that helpful. And I can't wait to hear what you guys do with that and how it's helpful for you. One thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is I know things have been really tough with the pandemic and in a particular way, I've noticed a big strain on marriages and relationships in general. And I want to let you know that I have created a freebie for people who have really been feeling that stretch and strain on their marriage. It is an e-booklet that I created called Things You Want to Consider Before Divorce. So if you feel like you are in that place or if you know someone who might be in that place where they just feel like they are at the brink and they're not sure if they can take it anymore, get this free e-booklet, download it. I'll put a link in the show notes, um, download it and share it with a friend, whoever you think may benefit from it. And I've also did a Facebook live video on this topic as well, just sort of touched on a couple of points in the booklet, but the booklet has all the information you need. So check it out. I just really hope that it can be helpful to you and and to any couples who I know are having a stressful time. So thanks so much. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.